Hello, welcome to Pole Pod with me, your host, Dolly Daggers, where I talk all things mindset with your pole idols. Hey guys, so the more that I do this podcast, the more I realize how much I have in common with other pole dancers and that my neurosis and crazy brain is probably really similar to a lot of other brains and that I maybe just need to work on my mindset and just overcome the negative voice, the kind of imposter syndrome. So today I talk with Yumi Sykes and she is basically proving this point. There's many things that she mentions that I completely related to. Um, So have a listen. I hope you enjoy. So um, I wanted to ask you first, uh, what have been some of the highlights of your pole journey? Yeah, sure. There are, I, I was thinking about this and I think there are three things. First is meeting, you know, and making friends with like-minded people. Um, so I moved from Japan to the UK five years ago now, almost coming up six years. And I don't think I could have made any many this many friends without Paul. Um, and I've got friends all over the world, not just the UK, but other parts of the world as well. I think we really connect quickly through Paul and I think um, I'm really grateful for that. I haven't encountered this inclusive community before and I certainly didn't have that with ballet for example so I'm really really grateful for all the friendship I made through Paul. And second is I think teaching Paul so um, I, I was a high school English teacher before even starting a poll and teaching is sort of my second nature to me which might sound a bit weird but I do love teaching I love witnessing people's growth and um, I find it very rewarding to be able to help people to develop themselves and um, also teaching also pushes me to you know to do better for my students And I want to, you know, for example, if I'm demonstrating something, I obviously want to demonstrate, you know, well, not like, you know, oh, okay, this was, you know, this was rubbish. For example, I don't want to do that to my students. So in a way, it helps me to push myself and keep improving myself. That's another thing. And I started teaching choreography this year, which is something that I've always wanted to do, but I kind of scared away for a long time. Um, But I was able to do that thanks to one of the studio I'm teaching. And um, I'm really, really enjoying the, you know, this creative journey and being able to share my passion with my students. And especially when they tell me they love my style, they love my, you know, choreography, that's, extremely sort of you know satisfying and uh, rewarding as well and then the last is probably winning competition through uh, a performance that was dedicated to my grandfather um so uh, he was a huge influence to me and the first cherry blossom bloomed on the day he passed away so he managed to see that first you know flower before he passed and um, cherry blossom means something significant to I would say all of the Japanese people and it's a national flower of Japan and it only blooms for a couple of weeks and then they die out very quickly and uh, so it's only got short lives 
But I wanted to express this in a short but beautiful life of cherry blossom through my performance. And um, I think that's when I discovered my authentic style as well. So um, I was really happy that I was able to do something for my grandma, granddad, but I also discovered my style as well through that performance. Oh, wow. There's so much there. I'm not sure where to start. It's amazing. Everything you said. Um, so I want to talk about that performance, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I also have, uh, like many people have had a grand granddad or grandpa that has passed away. And he, for me, my, my grandpa was, um, he was an organ player. So he, oh, wow. yeah. So he was always asking me to sing and, um, my background is music. So when he passed away, I definitely felt, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. When he passed away, I definitely felt this massive loss. So to, yeah, to create a, a performance, and it actually came through my mind too, to maybe create a performance about him, because um, and it's amazing that you did that for your grandfather. <clears throat> but the thing that maybe held me back was um, just that it was quite an intense grief and like a it, it can be like a lot to create a performance um about someone that you've lost how was that for you that that creating something about grief and about losing someone yeah so obviously um I think you never get over the you know grief I think you always I mean I still cry sometimes uh, for my granddad he he I think he was one of the biggest influence for me and I love him even to this day and he's actually looking at me now. <laughs> um, but what I want to say is, for example, every time I see a cherry blossom, it reminds me of him. And um, like I said, it's very short life. I mean, compared to the universe, for example, our lives is, what, 80 years or something. It's very short. Um, and so it's, I just wanted to express something that um, that could represent how I feel about, you know, my granddad, how I'm grateful for the influence he has had on me and how beautiful it was to have that connection with him and to have that connection with the cherry blossom. And, you know, people always appreciate the beauty, you know, the, this, this short life, but very beautiful flowers, it all blossom. And I think it's um, it's because it's short-lived. That's why people appreciate it more. And it's a life cycle, so it comes back every year. It ends, but it comes back. And so I just wanted to express something like that in my performance. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool idea. And yeah, I think it definitely, I feel like the thing with death, the thing that it teaches you is that our lives like you said are very very short and then I found myself like appreciating things more uh the beauty and like small things and being more grateful um and it's very very hard to lose someone doesn't matter who they are you know it's it's very very difficult um and then the other thing you mentioned is uh the ballet community um can you tell me like how's that different how's that different to the pole community and oh yeah yeah I mean so I started ballet as an adult and um, when you go to a ballet class in for example in London or anywhere I always feel 
obviously I've got this massive imposter syndrome like everybody I mean a lot of people when you get to especially like intermediate or above level class you'll see those amazing ballet dancers who have started really young age and you compare you know these people to yourself and obviously you know my legs is not going to be you know as high as them or they I can't do as many pirouettes as them or things like that and there is definitely um a distance between these you know pro- sort of professional level ballet dancers to people like me who is doing it you know I take it very seriously but you know not my job and um I've never really made friends except for a couple but I've found it very difficult to even talk to people during ballet class whereas you know pole dancing I you know I speak to most people in my class we get you know we get to know each other really well I guess it's also it's also a very small class as well it's not like you've got 20 30 people in one class it's easy to talk to and you can also you know you get to know teachers as well I've become friends with some of my teachers I'd say most of my teachers and so we we definitely don't have that in ballet I don't think it's interesting isn't it the difference I wonder why that is maybe it's maybe it's because in pole class we're slightly more exposed and you know I don't know if there's something to do with wearing less clothes and then being more authentically you and then maybe because pole is quite um I don't know it's quite a weird (laughs) like a weird thing to do you know um like it's great but it's very specific and I feel like maybe a specific type of person might might do pole even though it's open to everyone I feel like uh a certain person is drawn yeah definitely yeah it's interesting the difference um what made you want to start ballet at sort of like in in as an adult because like you said a lot of people do ballet as children um but what drew you to that I just think it's the most beautiful you know form of art I mean performing art um I always I always I guess I even you know growing up as a child I kind of wanted to try but I didn't have the courage and um, and then I became a high school teacher uh, straight after uni and I became in charge of rhythmic gymnastics club and as part of their like warming up exercise you know we incorporate ballet bar and I was just you know trying them trying it out with my students and I absolutely loved it. I, you know, I was terrible at it compared to my students, but I loved it. And I thought, do you know what? Why, why not try? Um, and I went to a first class when I was maybe 27, I think. I was quite late. Um, but I loved it and I love it ever since. And I think my heart belongs to ballet. I go to, you know, see ballet um, maybe every month even. <laughs> I love it that much. Yeah. So um, even though I know that, you know, obviously it's not going to be something of a profession for me, but I still I still love to train ballet. Uh, I think it's interesting that you, you can love something and, and train it, but maybe not do it professionally. Like it does, you don't have to be like a professional ballet dancer to do ballet, but it's um, very, I would say, brave to go into a ballet class as a as a adult because um there's a little bit of like I like I think I've done that I think I went to um 
Oh, where did I go? Maybe dance works. And I did some ballet there. Uh, and yeah, I think with me, dance throughout my life has always been something that I dipped my toe in and then was like, nah. And then I dipped my toe back in. So it's only been pole. It's only been pole that I've like consistently like worked harder. And I think it's probably because I think it's probably because um, I've had like body issues and then dance is very like doesn't have to be about your body but you know having the mirrors there all the time and it can it can like exaggerate how you're feeling about your body and then I think the other thing is I've always been like slightly unstable in my personal life so I've had like a lot of drama and then if you have all of that it's hard to focus on one thing so now I'm much more like mellow so I'm able to like properly focus on on something that's so interesting. amazing yeah. yeah it's interesting how things <laughs> like at the right time maybe if I would have done ballet now it maybe I would be like that would be my thing now but it's just like all about timing isn't it sometimes that's true because um yeah like I said I didn't start until 27 maybe 28 I can't remember exactly and that's when I was like finally stable in my life I had a job I had a partner you know all the other things that I would usually worry about was kind of sorted yeah that's that's a really good point yeah yeah because um it's hard to put everything into a sport if you're all over the place like I was like everywhere (laughs) it's like I don't know like to think of my past self I sometimes think oh my god but yeah I was crazy in my 20s and um I feel like in my 30s I've been like right what what do I want to do how do I want to be like I'm thinking about things a bit more yeah you feel more grounded that's as you become older yeah absolutely (laughs) um so you mentioned imposter syndrome and you also mentioned this on your social media post yeah and that's what drew me to you because I read the post and I was like, oh, wow, like she actually feels very similar to how I feel a lot of the time. Um, and I, I, that's why I feel like uh, vulnerability is really important. So I wondered what drew you to write that post? Um, like, did you just sort of think, oh, I need to share this or how did that come about? That's a really good question. So um, like I said, I started ballet as an adult and you know, I constantly, you know, I try not to, but constantly compare myself to all the amazing ballet dancers in class. And I feel like, oh, I'm never going to be like them. You know, it's it's really difficult sometimes fighting with these internal voices telling me that I'm not good enough. And um, with Paul, I also feel that way often. I mean, social media doesn't certainly help you know, you see amazing pole dancers doing all the amazing things. And I see, you know, I, I can only see sometimes my faults. Like I can't do, you know, um, acrobatic like flips or something like that. I'm really scared of them. I mean, I know my strengths, but, you know, as an instructor as well, I put my, pre- you know, put pressure on myself that I need to be able to do everything for my students, you know, and and uh, I feel like I'm not good enough in ballet or pole often, to be honest. <laughs> but um, but that doesn't really help for me to keep, you know, progressing. Um, I guess why I did that post was, um, especially after a couple of competitions, 
where I pursued my style, my, you know, the combination of ballet and pole. And I've had, you know, some people telling me, well, why don't you do comedy? Or why don't you do something more dramatic or something like that? So you can win. I mean, you know, I've had those comments and I reflect and maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe I should try doing something a little bit more funny or more dramatic because my performance so far have been very subtle and soft and, you know. But that's, you know, what's really interesting is when I perform, because I'm like more the, I, I do like more the weird, the drama. I like love that's, that. I know. <laughs> but I always feel like I could never do like a flowy, beautiful performance. I feel like it's completely not me. And I feel like it should be me. So I spent like so long, I was actually preparing for one competition and I wanted to do that kind of thing, like the style that you're talking about. And I just couldn't, like, it just didn't, it wasn't working. It just didn't fit me. And I just got all like messed up in my head. So I stopped um, training for that comp. I pulled out of the competition. Um, until I found my style that I like now, that is more interesting to me. I, I mean, I love watching the other styles. I'm not putting down the other styles, but for me to dance like that just doesn't feel right. But I definitely feel like it's an elevated form and that I would love to be able to do that. So it's just interesting for me to hear that from you. It's like, <laughs> it's very ironic, you know, that I'm there like, oh, I wish I could do like beautiful ballet style. And you're there like, oh, I should do something more dramatic. It's just really, really dumb actually that, that, we're, <laughs> you know, that we're thinking about that when, when yeah. maybe like, I think it's really hard to embrace what you're good at and just be like comfortable with your own like lane. And yeah. I, think, I think I actually really was um, interested in, you said something about being an instructor and being like, oh, I should be able to do all these things. Yeah. And I completely um, get get that too. Like I look at other pole dancers and I go, oh, like I should be able to do a fongi. I should be able mm -hmm. to do a phoenix. And I have like all these moves and I've never trained them. So, you know, that I should be able to do and then never training them is kind of like a weird thing too. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. So. I don't know. I think as pole dancers, we're quite hard on ourselves, aren't we? I think so. I think it's not just pole dancers, though. I think, you know, us as human beings, we are very self-critical of ourselves. But um, I think it's important to have that, especially as artists, because self-criticalness helps you to keep pushing yourself. Yeah, of course. I mean, I certainly have, I think I'm very driven because I'm self-critical um and i think because of that i you know i look at the details you know i like if i'm not pointing my toes or if my legs are not fully extended i feel like oh this is crap yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah but because of that i think i have good lines i have good you know um musicality because of that because i'm so critical about myself but ultimately we want to do better we want to we want to keep growing ourselves. And I think self-criticalness does help in that sense. But when it gets to, you know, self-critical about, for example, the results, then it's not very constructive. If you just feel like, okay, I haven't got this high extension in my legs or I didn't win competition because I'm not good enough, then your self-criticalness is actually having an adverse impact on you. And that's something that we need to, you know, learn to grow out of that and just 
look more constructively and just use that self-criticalness, you know, in terms of the process towards your goal, but not on the outcome itself, if you see what I mean. Yes, I'm the same. So I film all my comp run-throughs and then I watch it back and I write notes down and then I shut my book and then I don't think about it again until the next training. Whereas I used to be like, when I was training comps, my brain would be like, like always going. So I've learned that that's helpful Um, because sometimes just writing things down and then being like, right, I'm done. That's like a really good way to end your training session. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's hard with competing because if you're putting, I used to put a lot of weight on the results. So I used to be like, right, if I, you know, if they say I'm good, if I win, then yay you know Um, (laughs) if if i don't win then it was like a real low like really like heavy and just feeling like i wasn't good enough and that all of this like all of the negative kind of um voices and just like it was like affirming the fact that i of what i already felt sort of like oh i'm not good enough and these people are telling me i'm not good enough so i'm obviously like yeah so i think it's really important to just accept that the outcome is completely out of your control and it doesn't really affect your worth at all so um that's really hard part of competing is just being like okay with not placing and being okay with with what they say like whatever the judges say you have to have a really strong sense of um worth and value and like kind of Uh, appreciate the hard work you put in and just be really kind to yourself as you're stood there waiting for results I'm always like feeling like okay I'm gonna just like hug myself right now and just like wait wait for the results and they have no effect on me it's fine kind of thing Uh, but yeah it's really hard it's a very difficult thing to do it's it's very difficult but you said something you know completely um completely right I think you need to look at what's within my control you know, this is just me being a coach as well. Um, you know, what's within my control and outcome of the competition, for example, it's out of your control. And everybody is subjective. I mean, you know, it's very difficult to be completely objective in art. It's just impossible. So, um, and, you know, we have very unique style, you and me, for example, and, you know, not everybody like it. Maybe some people prefer to see more dramatic or more funny performance or people prefer to see, I don't know, more elegant performance or people prefer to see, you know, the scary performance. So whatever the case is, you know, it's diff- It's impossible to please everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's really important to um, create art that you like. And I wrote down... Um, like what is the kind of art that you would like to create um is it the like what do you have planned do you have any other comps and what are you thinking about at the moment in terms of creating so um i think i think i'm on the journey towards you know creating something that my heart really likes and so i'm you know working towards that because i think again i was very self-critical about myself why i was not able to I don't know you know you know for example all these competitions that I didn't win did I not do well etc but uh, through these experiences I learned that actually you know as long as I like what I created 
um as long as you know my heart likes my performance then you know that's surely that's that's enough and then that's why i think you know my focus now is to create like choreography because i i love dancing i mean as much as i love you know doing tricks but i love dancing more than anything and if i can combine ballet and pole and create this a unique i don't know form that i can be yeah. proud of i can be proud of then that's that's ultimately my my dream goal and so i'm not really thinking about competing just yet i mean i would love to because it gives me you know some purpose to draw you know work towards and i think that's how i got really you know really good at pole so i think it's it's um it serves me well for that purpose but at the moment i think my focus is to keep pursuing creating my style keep creating pieces and yeah just just be able to be happy with what i create yeah which is very difficult <laughs> oh yeah 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 it's really difficult very difficult thing um and um I was going to ask you, why do you think, uh, we kind of covered this a bit, but why do you think artists are so critical of themselves? Where do you think that comes from? Um, I think, you know, artists are highly driven people. And, you know, we want to, ultimately, we want to do well. We want to do better. And um, it's, you know, there is no right and wrong in, in art. You, you can only tell yourself that. And um, I mean, obviously, you know, in terms of techniques, you see, for example, amazing pole dancers or amazing, like, you know, ballet dancers doing 13, 14 pirouettes or something along those lines. And it's very difficult to compare yourself to these people nowadays. Mm. And um, yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned um, social media before and the comparison. <clears throat> and I've talked a lot about um, to other pole dancers about this. Um, do you set boundaries around your social media? Um, do you look at social media for inspiration or uh, what, do you, what do you do with, with that? Yeah, um, I have had quite a few breaks from social media because, you know, if you're blindly just clicking through, then you can spend ages and you're not really being productive it's not really helping you to do anything and just by looking at these people you're not gaining anything to be honest i don't think you have to put the work you know for yourself um it's, it's really yeah. hard to not scroll though isn't it like for me <laughs> i'm like i have like what's called an anti to-do list so i've got like a list of things amazing that really, i love that yeah, yeah I, I stole it from another podcast <laughs> so oh, I've, okay. I've written down um like what i don't want to be doing anymore and at the top of my list is i don't want to be scrolling like just like just scrolling and I take I took um Facebook off my phone because I think Facebook it's horrible but I still have Instagram for the poll inspo part of things but I definitely notice when I'm feeling uncomfortable with anything my my hand goes to my phone and I start like just looking and then obviously I'm seeing images of poll the whole time um yeah. so yeah that's at the top of my list of things to not do anymore but it's it's very difficult because it's it's almost like an automatic response <laughs> yeah it is it is and it gives you anxiety it gives you 
you know I don't know um yeah it makes you feel basically not good enough if you're already feeling like slightly not good enough I think that then like heightens whatever you're feeling maybe sometimes with social media you're not totally aware of how it's making you feel maybe you just feel like you go for the distraction and then you start to feel like slightly lower or or whatever but it's a very odd thing isn't it and, it and then, is. yeah, and then the, the fact that people always post like perfect versions of themselves, I think is, I mean, there are people that post, you know, the, the fails, but um, it's a bit of a tricky thing. It really is. You're right. People tend to just post things that they did well. And that is not a true reflection of how they are. No. And I, I am guilty for that as well. Same. Yeah, same. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, difficult thing. Yeah, and I think that's why. Um, going back to your earlier question about why I did that post, is because you know people don't really talk about I don't know imposter syndrome or being vulnerable, and I felt like I need to be the one to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to you know I need to tell people. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't looking for any like, you know, validation or anything like that. But I just being honest with my, with me that I do go through these struggles, these imposter syndrome and, you know, just being vulnerable in a way is being authentic to myself. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's why I started this podcast, because I feel like the, there are a few podcasts that talk about Paul um, and, and there are like some creative related podcasts to you that aren't poll but maybe for dancers or creative creativity um but i felt like i've really struggled with perfectionism imposter syndrome anxiety around performing um feeling scared of going for competitions and stuff and i don't see that on instagram much i mean there are like i said like you did post that vulnerable post and there are moments of people just being like uh, like I, I saw someone post about feeling uncomfortable in normal clothes. Like when you're like, I feel the same. Like, you know, if you go and go to like a non-pole event and everyone's wearing like ball gowns or just like a dress, like a formal dress, I'm always there like with my arms like, <laughs> you know? and then I feel uncomfortable being not not chunky, but being like a female and not being that. small. Um, yeah, yeah. Not, not being like, tiny I feel like I'm 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 definitely I have muscle mass and that can be weird and I saw someone post about that and I was like oh yeah like I definitely there's moments where I'm like oh yeah I feel like connected to people because they show how they're really feeling uh I love that so that's what this podcast is about basically just like yeah I think being vulnerable means also being relatable Mm -hmm. you know I mean no one is without their struggles yeah people just may not talk about it but people may be going through similar struggles or you know similar obstacles or whatever the case is mm-hmm. um if you just be the one to you know to raise your voice and then be you know vulnerable in front of everybody people may think oh my gosh I'm going through the same thing mm. and then people will follow right yeah so yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. That one person to speak up sometimes yeah it's scary though I guess to do that because you feel like vulnerable if you're vulnerable you feel like you're showing like a really you're being open and and honest and Mm. it's not like a fabricated version of yourself it's very authentic so I feel like 
it can be scary for people to do that. And I, I understand why people don't do it to you because mm. it's maybe easier to be this pole version of yourself who's like, just like a hero and doesn't feel anything. And it's just like powering through everything with your amazing, yeah. you know, like it's, I don't know, it's, it's a tricky one, but I definitely feel drawn to people who are more vulnerable. And I definitely feel like I want to talk to them and I want to connect with them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, why do you think we get in the way of creating our art? Mm, I guess uh, it comes back to what, you know, I just said earlier about, you know, sometimes you you get feedback from other people saying, you know, why don't you do this instead or um in my case certainly um I knew what I wanted to create I knew my you know what I what style I wanted to pursue but sometimes when people tell me well why don't you do comedy or why don't you do some dramatic you know performances so that you know it would be more memorable for example and then 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 you start to beat yourself up and okay my performance was boring or my performance was too soft or um, memorable or things like that That's you know horrible yeah yeah it is quite horrible and um, I'm sure they didn't mean it that way but you know um it's very difficult not to think that way <laughs> and and um but again these are something that's out of your control people have their own opinions um so to not let these voices dictate you you know what you want to do is sometimes I find it very difficult yeah. and especially if you are trying to be um sorry um if you're trying to be you know trying to be good and you want to be recognized or things like that then these these external voices do have an impact on you but again ultimately what you can do is you know something within your control so again you know, working hard to to develop yourself, to grow yourself, um, keep being consistent, keep showing up. You know, these are the things that you can do. Um, but I certainly feel that sometimes these, especially external voices, were some interferences for me. Yeah, it's like you're list- like you're in a car listening to the radio, and then there's all this other noise going on. I think. Um, with that i think it's important to um choose for me anyways i just choose who i'm around a bit carefully when it comes to paul and i like i can't choose who's judging me in the competition but i can choose who i go and ask for feedback from and i feel like some people are skilled at giving feedback um, or maybe they give feedback in the way that i like so they might they might say like, wow, like I love how much um, stamina you have and like this bit could do with a bit of work, right? Whereas another instructor might be, oh, like when you're, when you're rolling around on the floor, you know, you're, you're not pointing your foot there. You know, that's, that might be the first thing they say. They might just pick out the bits that I can see, obviously, that I need to work on. They, so it's like I'm drawn to people who give feedback that starts with the positive and then maybe gives me like a tiny bit of something to work on. And then I'm like motivated to, to be like, right. Yeah. I'll sort that tiny bit out that they said. And yeah, like I'm feeling really motivated because they told me all these positive things. Whereas 
if it's the other way around and there's a lot of negativity and then tiny bit of positivity, I'm like, oh, like this is shit. I'm shit. I can't do it. Like and my mind starts to just go down the toilet a bit and just goes really negative. Yeah, yeah so, no, that makes sense. But um, yeah, comments about what you should be doing in terms of like being more dramatic, being more memorable is quite hurtful, I think. And um, like I said, like, when and if you ever get those comments again just think of me being jealous that I can't do what you do yeah because that's that's from my honest from the bottom of my heart when someone talks about doing ballet and pole like it's just not me and I would love to be like I, I watch competitions I'm like wow that looks so graceful oh my god like the lines and the the gorgeousness of it all it's not not memorable it's it's beautiful it's it's maybe not um the same as what i create but i i'm i would love to be able to do that maybe one day but it doesn't fit with me right now but maybe at some point maybe i would go down that route um yeah but but, but isn't it that's that's why we need to we need to you know um embrace our authenticity like like you said you know you we we all have different strengths we all have different qualities and ultimately art is about expressing that qualities and so you don't need to be anybody else to no. to win a competition i mean you know you are ultimately and you know even like through this journey you're even discovering yourself that's yes. how i feel yeah 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 so you don't need to lie to yourself to please other people. You, I think the most important thing is to be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Keep, you know, creating something that you like yeah. and keep building your strengths. And that's ultimately is going to be much more healthy and much more, you know, um, yeah, constructive for you in the long run. Yeah, it's easier to create like a competition routine or a performance that comes from you rather than like someone else choreographing it or telling you what to do um it, it just m- makes it easier also to turn up every whenever you're turning up to the studio and training it just means that you're turning up and and just feeling really comfortable with what you're doing sometimes yeah. sometimes I've had instructors trying to make me do like beautiful floor work and I'm there like I don't know like it just doesn't fit with me I feel like really weird like someone isn't like forcing me to do something that doesn't yeah. feel good um yeah and it's just just where I am right now. I think with time, maybe I'll like I said, like I'm I'm not um, saying I'll never do that t- style. Maybe at some point I will. Yeah, but... but I love your style. You don't need to change for anything. I think everybody loves your style. It's so unique to you, and that's why that's why you know we are drawn to you because it's so different. Yeah. and I love that. I guess I just feel like sometimes backstage at competition. This is just my stuff that I have to work on. Um, mm. I feel like the weirdo. Like, <laughs> no, and they're like, it, with the, but, but and they're be, like, yeah, <laughs> and they're like with the weird like makeup, and then I'm there like, um, everyone else is like in their nice costume and they look beautiful, and then I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like a really weird person. Well, I love that. Being weird is again, it takes courage, right? Yes. It's, it's yeah. so different to other people, but. Again, you you know, as long as you feel good, yeah, that's, that's what all matters. You should like some of the competitions I've done. Like it's really funny to go. Um, I laugh now, but I don't know if it was that funny when I was there. But like, um, when I did like a competition in Spain, I had like blood all over me and like creepy yeah. eyes and stuff. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and the people backstage were just like staring like <laughs> of like a what the fuck moment like everyone else is like in all their glittery leotards and looks really beautiful and i'm there like like practicing weird moves and then like well, yeah. yeah 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 no, it's... i think it's really cool i love it <laughs> um yeah so um i think it is scary to do something that feels good to you that's the thing isn't it? it it is really scary because then if someone says something to you like i've had uh, judges say oh like your facial expressions are too much um really yes. okay yeah they just didn't get it it's fine like but that hurt like when 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 oh, someone yeah. when someone said that to me and they said oh like your facial expressions are too much like it's a bit too over the top i don't really get it like is it meant to be scary is it meant to be funny like there are going to pe be people who don't get like really like you were saying like you, you do your style and maybe people are like that's really like whatever like whatever they say so it is really hard to just put yourself out there and I think at the end of the day, you have to be very kind to yourself if other people are sitting on you, if they're being horrible to yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. You're doing this for yourself. But sometimes you forget that, especially in a competition setting, you know. I mean, it's nice to win. So obviously you go there. If you win, great. But I mean, ultimately, you know, you are doing it for yourself. For your own growth and I think that's what we need to remember but it's, it's sometimes difficult because you are you know put into a situation that you will be compared to other people just naturally so so it's it is difficult but um I think it's very very important that you know while you are doing this you know you're doing this for yourself for your own growth and so it doesn't matter what everybody else says yeah you kind of have to what I do is I create like a little bubble around me and I'm yeah, like for sure. yeah. And I'm just there like right and the other thing I do is I become Dolly so I'm becoming the the alter ego that is going on stage and like Dolly yeah. doesn't give a shit about what other people say I love <laughs> like, that I love that yeah yeah, yeah. Like, a, like a stronger version of myself that helps too but it is hard um how have you worked on your mindset and how have you sort of become kinder to yourself like dealing with all these things like criticism a lot of, you know yeah so aside from pole dancing I am also um basically training to be a coach some people know it as a life coach and um that is really helping me and um, that helps me to reflect on myself and you know some of the key questions are like what's within my control you know, what kind of mindset will help me keep going? Mm -hmm. And if I have negative mindset, what is the benefit of having this negative mindset? Yeah. You know, what can I keep? You know, what? how can I use this to my advantage? Or what is the alternative mindset? So like self-criticalness, for example, um, it is beneficial for me to keep having this, even though sometimes, you know, you know, it gives me anxiety. <laughs> But it gives me the drive to keep going, keep pushing myself. So I use self-criticalness for the process of, you know, you know, training to be, you know, training for competition or training, just self-training or whatever the case is. Um, so, yeah, I think self-coaching has been definitely helping me to focus on myself, what I can do, what's within my control. Because ultimately, you know, you can't change other people. You can't change the outside environment. But, you but can all change you can 
what you're thinking yeah. about yeah yeah and it's a in lot in here it's a lot in here that gets in the way yes definitely <laughs> I've um I've I've said like a hundred times on this podcast but I've got um a life coach that has pretty much shifted I started with her in March and okay, she shifted amazing. the way I think about things all the time so um, oh, oh I'm so glad to hear that yeah 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 so my dream is to help you know other pole dancers as well to have that mind shift yeah because it's it's truly transformational I think yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm. It's, it's hard to um, what I call like step into your own power and just go like make like make um, uh, like bets on yourself, like basically take chances for you and just be fearless and go for things if you have the, all the negative voices and, you know, you, sometimes you just need a bit of a help to to get past Absolutely. what's going on in your own brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that's why, you know, sometimes if you're just doing that yourself, sometimes you feel stuck. But if you have what I call, you know, life coach or accountability partner, that person will help you sort of disrupt your thinking and help you to stay accountable for your own actions and for your own, you know, destiny, I guess. Yeah, it, so, can, yeah. it, it can be a bit difficult sometimes too because um, with life coaches – they make you question things that maybe you don't want to question, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> why are you telling yourself this story? Uh, the main reason, because it feels really comfortable to do that. Right. So, uh, that's usually the, the bottom line that we like to stay in our comfort zone and we like the, whatever narrative we've created to make ourselves comfortable and then to question certain things makes you go, Oh, like, yeah, okay. It's, it's all about growth is generally uncomfortable. I think it's not, um, I mean, it's great. It's a really positive thing, but I don't think it's always like really comfortable to like, there's been times after life coaching where I've just felt really like brain full, really like what the hell? And like, yeah. <laughs> like all busy in my brain. That's a really interesting point you raised because one of the key thing I learned from this coaching training is that when the coachee is playing safe, mm. Co you know your job as a coach is to challenge them, Push them because yeah. yeah because otherwise why would they hire a coach mm. yeah your yeah it must be difficult I, thinking about it from the other side looking at someone um must be difficult um but really interesting I think that's a really cool job thank you <laughs> yeah, it's really cool um I was gonna ask you because this will be going out in January um what's do you have any um new year's resolutions do you believe in that kind of thing i do yeah i always make so i, I always do on the well especially new year's day because new year's day is very big in japan we don't really celebrate christmas but new year's is a huge oh, celebration okay. for us and i always do um what I have done well in 20, for example, 2023. And what can I do more in 2024? What I want to achieve in 2024. So I make a list every year. Um, I haven't done that yet. But I think, um, so for example, this year, my focus in terms of holding thing was to work on artistry, musicality, creating choreography, um, instead of, you know, training tricks, 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 
because I think I have a lot in my dictionary already. Mm -hmm. But it's about linking everything and making a flow and telling a story. So I, I really wanted to focus on that this year, which I think, you know, to some extent, I think I achieved that. Um, but I think I can do more. So I would like to continue that for next year. I would like to keep continuing, you know, creating pieces, pursuing my own style. And ultimately, I started to create something but I haven't finished in 2023. Um, so I would like to create and finish creating that next mm -hmm. year, hopefully. I don't know if I'll use that for my competition, my future competition, but I think, well, I hope to do so. I don't know which one. I don't know, but I just need to decide which one will help me to, mm. you know. It's really, it's really cool that you're saying that because... Um... I'm I'm gonna use what I've created and then I'm from that I'm gonna decide where to where to send it. Yeah. So what I've done before is I've like applied to competitions and then I've created something. Whereas now I'm like, right, this is me. Where do I go? Where do I fit? I think it's much smarter. It's 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 really important to know where so it's sort of you're playing as well, mm -hmm. you know, instead of blindly applying for all the competitions, which I used to do. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but like you know, you know, us have different, you know, different sort of you know qualities and different styles, and where can I actually shine? You know, in yeah. which competition will I be able to do that? And then some of the competitions may not be able to appreciate what I'm trying to bring. Um, so I just need to understand which competitions will be suitable if I am going to compete. Yeah. So I need to do a bit of research on that. Yeah, that's a really good idea. It's better to find, yeah, like where you will shine than try and fit in and try and mold yourself into something that doesn't quite work for you. Um, I think that's really cool. And it's good to have like a strategy like rather than like you say blindly applying to everything which I've done before as well it's good yeah. to be really like yeah. it's, that's a good thing about the end of the year and also January is it really does get you to think right what does what does this year what's this year going to be for me yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah do you have any other goals that aren't related to pole or or anything like that for 2024 oh um yeah, I think, you know, you keep saying we need to put ourselves, you know, first and foremost. And um, I think that is going to be one of the key things in 2024. Um, I have been neglecting self-care, I would say. You know, it's very difficult to, you know, I always think about other people. I want to, you know do well for my students um, do well at work do well for my clients for my coaching but what about myself and um, it's very important to prioritize yourself I really learned that this year and uh, I'd love to do that next year and that kind of leads to you know having more sort of self-training as well because I really didn't even try to dedicate some time for my self-training this year I was teaching so much and um and I so I would love to dedicate time for my self-care for my self-training that is one of the key things for me I think next year mm. 
because if you're always giving to everyone else it's easy to get depleted and sort of I get sort of resentful <laughs> yeah like, exactly right like oh like why are so many people wanting so much from me rather yeah. than being like right I'm gonna set boundaries I'm gonna have like a day for myself where I'm literally not giving um you can just get to a stage where it all gets a bit much um yeah, I think it's it's hard when you're a teacher, especially because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I always get I feel like I'm giving, giving, giving. And, you know, if you're not giving back to yourself, it's it's really tough. Um, I've got another question. Uh, sure. <laughs> what, do you pe- what do people outside of pole misunderstand about pole dancers? So I was asking you this because I was thinking in like the ballet sphere, do they look at pole dance and be like, Ugh. Or, do, or are they like, oh, this is really cool? Or do you ever get people? Also, for, culturally, I was interested in your Japanese roots. What's it like in Japan looking at Paul? Yeah, I mean, not even Japan, Dolly. I, I've had, you know, even my family member telling me, well, I associate pole dancing as like, you know, stripping or like sexy kind of dancing even now. And it's true to some extent, but. I mean, you know, certainly that's not what we are doing, right? But I, I don't think a lot of people understand it if, yeah. Well, I think also the issue comes from when people see stripping as like a derogatory thing, like a put down, mm, exactly. whereas yeah. I don't see that. I see it as like a a movement that came from women and uh, yeah. women being empowered and taking their own sexuality and being like, here you go. Let's make some money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They are in control. You know, they are very strong, and I completely admire them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's got I don't know some connotation. I guess that um, it's very difficult to I don't know how to change that. I think it's coming, but it's there. Certainly, it's still there. Mm. Um, it was interesting because when I told my parents although it took me a year before I told my parents um, but they, they were not surprised at all but when I first showed them my performance they were like wow this is artistic I didn't you know they didn't think it would be this kind of style of pole dancing um, so I think yeah they still have that preconception around pole um, and I think they just need to be educated yeah would you say um, Japan is a bit more conservative? I think it's changing, to be honest. There is this famous pole dancer. He is 70 years old. I don't know. He's maybe older. I used to go to the same school with him. He wears this tiniest pants ever. <laughs> what's, his, what's his name? I'd love to look him up. Uh, oh, what's his name? Ashida-san? Okay. I'll, I'll have to send you. But he's very famous. So I think, you know, Japanese, you know, people are becoming more and more aware that, um, you know, it's for everyone, it's it's for him, and he's being completely himself, you know, mm-hmm. he's being completely, I don't know, <laughs> putting him out there and in, on the TV and, you know, not worrying about what other people may think. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think, it, although Japan is much more obviously conservative compared to the UK, um, but I think it is slowly but surely, you know, people are becoming changing. more aware, changing. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. In, in Japan, you do love the, um, from an outside perspective, uh, you do mm-hmm. love like the weird. And that's what I love about Japan, <laughs> Japanese culture. You love the weirdness. Like there's like this, yeah. I don't know. I just love like manga and like the, mm. 
I don't know. I just love it. Yeah, we, cool. we we are weird. I know we're famous for being weird. <laughs> I love it. I need to go to Japan. I've never been, but like uh, oh. obviously with with the band name Tokyo Taboo. And yes. We've yeah. always loved like Japanese culture and I just love to go. Um, it's, it's the best so- time to go because, you know, the exchange rate is so favorable for, for us here. Oh, great. Yeah, so I think a lot of people are going and um, food is great and I think people are friendly and, yeah, it's safe and it's everything is clean and people are respectful. So That's great. Yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> on my list. I need to do it. There's yeah. just certain places that I have on, like, a bucket list that – yeah. I don't know when I'll do it, but I have I have to. Um mm. uh, it was it's just doing it, I guess. Um yeah. what else would you like people to know? Is there anything that I've missed that you want to talk about? Um uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I think I think <laughs> I think I just I just want you know, if anybody is feeling the same, like if anybody is having the same kind of imposter syndrome or suffering from these external voices, mm. you know, just just think about, you know, what you want to achieve and just think about, you know, their own qualities and their strengths and just be proud of what they've achieved. Although it's, I know, easier said than done, but mm. it's it's, you know, you've achieved so much. I mean, pole dancers, we are all very strong. If you've been consistently training pole dancing, you've gone through all the bruises and all the, the pain and yeah. all the skin burns and yeah. you're still here. That's a huge achievement in itself. Yeah. But we don't give that kind of, you know, um, credit. validation credit to ourselves. But I think we deserve that. And it's very difficult. And, um, yeah, people have different qualities. So instead of, you know, worrying about other people, what other people may think or winning a competition, if more people could, well, you know, think about what is my quality, you know, what is my strengths, what is my style, how can I, you know, pursue it? And, yeah, I think then I think it would be hopefully <laughs> a more positive, you know, mindset that we can all embrace awesome i think that's a great place to end it i really hope you enjoyed this episode i hope it's useful to you um to see you know that we all feel vulnerable in some way when we're creating our art and we always wonder you know or maybe i should do more like this or be a bit more like that other person over there but uh what i realized is if we just embrace who we really are that's that's our power um so i hope you enjoyed this episode give it a rate uh five star rating if you can and a lovely comment share it um because i really do want this to help other pole dancers um and other creatives have a great day